Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and welcome to episode 23 of The Savvy Psychologist. I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. We'll use the best of psychology to help you be happy, healthy, and most importantly, yourself. Support for today's podcast comes from the audiobook edition of Resistant by New York Times bestselling author Dr. Michael Palmer, physician turned novelist. And this book, the third in the series of Dr. Lou Welcome medical thrillers, was his last. In it, you race from hospital corridors where anything you touch can mean your end to the top corridors of power in a race against time. Dr. Welcome must stop an epidemic, save his best friend, and face his own terrifying demons of addiction. The idea for this podcast comes from Kevin Courier, who listens to the podcast from the island of Hainan in China. He asks for tips on how to get into flow. Flow is total absorption in what you're doing. According to the originator of flow, psychologist Dr. Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, we spend our days and therefore our lives bouncing between the anxiety of whittling down our never-ending to-do list and the boredom of passive leisure, like watching TV or mindlessly clicking around online. By contrast, when you're in flow, you feel in full control, focused, and unselfconscious. You have a sense that what you're doing is important, and you look up and wonder where the time has gone. An hour can pass in what seems like a moment. So how to enter the focused, fulfilling state of flow? Here are 10 tips to help you get started. Tip number one. Choose an activity that's intrinsically rewarding. Your drive should come from an internal wellspring. In other words, do the activity for its own sake, not because you anticipate a big paycheck, are trying to impress someone, or fear negative consequences otherwise. Likewise, flow won't happen for something you're just not interested in. You can't force flow for a project you have to do or for tedious tasks like paying bills or waiting in line. Though you can increase your engagement, So listen to tip number 10 for more on that. Tip number two, choose an activity with a clear goal and rules. To grow flowers, it's better to plant seeds in their own pot rather than scatter them to the wind. Likewise, flow blossoms within constraints. Two of the most common ways to define your activity are A, to engage in an activity with goals and rules, whether it's rock climbing or chess, or B, to create something, whether it's a ballet performance, a watercolor, or a cassoulet. Tip number three, choose an activity that requires skill. Psychologists who specialize in happiness will tell you to value experiences over objects. So for instance, investing in travel rather than buying a new car will usually net you greater happiness. But you can derive even more value from experiences that require skill. Knowing how to do things, again, things with clear goals and rules like water ski, frost the perfect cake, play the accordion, or even write psychology podcasts, will give you a shot at flow. Furthermore, to maximize chances of flow, Csikszentmihalyi writes, quote, enjoyment appears at the boundary between boredom and anxiety when the challenges are just balanced with the person's capacity to act. In other words, your skills should be challenged, but not beyond your limits. Tip number four, choose an activity that confers ongoing feedback. In other words, you should be able to tell how you're doing. You can evaluate with your own eyes and ears how your saxophone improvisation, tennis game, or day trading is going, which in turn allows you to maintain motivation 
and hopefully feel satisfied with your advancement. Tip number five, do the task intentionally. Let's make an example of playing pool. If flow is what you're after, your approach to pool is to focus intently, have a goal to play well, and play for the sake of playing. On the other hand, if flow isn't on the agenda, it's more than okay to simply relax and mess around for a few games with your buddies. Tip number six, flow isn't instantaneous. Because flow requires skill, it requires the investment of time to hone your skills. So hours and hours of training and practice go into performing surgery, ice skating, or even mastering a video game. And once you've built up your skills, you won't instantly, say, pick up your guitar and enter flow. Instead, expect to take some time to get warmed up and get going. Tip number seven, be alone, or at least with others focusing on the same thing. Because flow requires focus and time, your chances are best when you're alone, or at least when you feel autonomous. For example, a concert pianist has an audience, but the performance is hers alone. Or be a part of a group doing the same activity. For example, you might encounter flow as the bassist in a jazz band, a player in a poker tournament, or as half of a beach volleyball team. Tip number eight, be free of interruptions. Flow doesn't do multitasking. So turn off your phone, close your email, and shut the door. Tip number nine, remember that flow and happiness are different. The biggest misconception about flow is that it's a state of exhilarating bliss. It's more a state of immersion or absorption. But after the sonata is finished, the poem is written, or the ski run is over, we do feel happiness or satisfaction or meaning in retrospect. We can also, of course, be happy without experiencing flow, eating a fabulous dinner, joking around with friends, playing with your dog, or reading a great book in a sunny hammock. Tip number 10, try increasing engagement in tedious tasks with microflow. True flow is peak engagement, but there are ways to get into flow light or microflow that increases engagement in boring tasks. Csikszentmihalyi writes that you can tweak tasks to create challenge, interest, or meaning by changing your mindset from, I have to do this, to that of a game or challenge. In his book, Finding Flow, Csikszentmihalyi tells a story of a tumor biologist who loves his job with two exceptions, waiting around in airports and writing grant proposals. So rather than trudging through these two tasks, he combines them to create a game of sorts. He starts dictating grant proposals while sitting at the gate or inching along in customs lines. He challenges himself to dictate as much as possible while waiting. And he goes from feeling like both tasks are chores to feeling energized and challenged. His dictation game was engaging, stretched his skills, had clear rules, and offered immediate feedback. It wasn't the complete engagement of flow, but it achieved the increased engagement of microflow. So if you're anxious, bored, or simply feeling disconnected, Csikszentmihalyi offers a way to get more from everyday life. From windsurfing, to quilting, to singing arias, to rolling sushi, you're invited to find the joy of complete engagement. If the Savvy Psychologist is useful to you, please show your appreciation by subscribing to the podcast, liking on Facebook, adding me to your Google Plus circles, or emailing a link to someone important in your life. This week's show was brought to you by the audiobook edition of Resistant by Michael Palmer. The story goes like this. After a tragic accident, Dr. Lou welcomes best friend, 
becomes the breeding ground for a deadly bacteria that threatens to eat him from the inside out. Then, others around the country start to fall ill with the same bacteria. It's resistant to any known antibiotic. And, as this is a medical thriller, the government scientist researching the cure has been kidnapped. While working against time to help his friend, Dr. Welcome uncovers a link to a sinister group known as 100 Neighbors, which is using hospitals as weapons to further their agenda. The author, Michael Palmer, was a physician specializing in drug addiction, so he really gets inside the head of his main character, who struggles to stay clean and sober throughout the audiobook. Robert Petkoff narrates, and you can listen to an excerpt of Resistant Now. Go to macmillanaudio.com slash resistantaudio to hear a sample. That's macmillanaudio.com slash resistantaudio. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson. That's all for this week. A transcript of the podcast and references for the studies I mention are always available on quickanddirtytips.com slash savvy hyphen psychologist. Of course, the Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for psychiatric care or psychotherapy by a licensed professional. Any names have been changed and details altered to protect privacy. Thanks for listening and see you next week for a happier, healthier mind. <laughs>